Welcome back to another episode of Ask Firebug Fridays, the weekly fire Q&A where you guys get to ask your questions and I try my best to answer them. I'm a bit sad this week. Collingwood lost in the grand final. Still hurts. We started off, we kicked five goals to start the game and it all just crumbled from there. And I've seen online, you know, the petitions about the uh, Rioli block on Maynard, the Collingwood player. But honestly, I think Collingwood should have had it done and dusted long before then. So, you know, you can't blame the umpires. So close. It was a great game, but devastating. Devastating for a Collingwood supporter. Uh, Before we get into today's episode, I would just like to thank our sponsor, and that is not plural today. So, um, we previously had Relentless Hosting uh, being a sponsor, and they're still an awesome hosting company, and I'm still with them, but we ran ran the ads and we ran the sponsorship um, last month, and it just didn't work out. it was a good partnership while it lasted, but they just weren't seeing um, the results they were hoping, so that's fair enough. So there is a spot open if anyone has a business um, that they want to have some advertisement for this podcast and my site, just give me, um, just email me at uh, contact at aussiefirebug.com and we can talk. I can you know show you my analytics and everything like that. So um, if you're interested and you think uh, my audience would be a good fit for you, uh, definitely give me a holler and we can work something out. Um, but Self Wealth is staying on board. So Self Wealth is the sponsor at the moment, um, the one sponsor for the Aussie Firebug uh, site. And Self Wealth is, in my opinion, the best broker in Australia. If you're looking to buy ETFs, listing investment companies or shares, or just do trading on the ASX in general, you need to be signed up with Self Wealth. They are the lowest. Um, they have the lowest prices that I found for ASX trading at a flat fee of nine dollars fifty, no matter what what the size of the trade is. This is a really really important step, guys. I think it's one of the most important steps is to actually just get the ball rolling, um, start your journey towards financial independent independence by um, going out there and making an investment, making a trade, buying some, buying a quality share, buying a quality uh, exchange trader fund, a quality listed investment company, and just getting over that mental hurdle, that first investment block that so many people do. There's, you know, and I've been there before, you you analyze for months on end and you worry about market crashes and, you know, analysis, paralysis, all that stuff. Um, one of the hardest things to do and one of the most important things to do is just go out there and make that first trade. So if you, I've got a link. If you sign up, uh, aussiefirebug.com forward slash self wealth, you'll get five free trades. So we'll set you up with an account. All you got to do is transfer, um, whatever you want to invest into the holding account in self wealth, choose an investment or choose whatever, um, make a trade, get the snowball started and start your journey to financial independence. Okay, that's enough of the intro. Let's get into the episode. Before we begin, as always, um, disclaimer, nothing I speak about in today's episode is financial advice. The following Q&A for general information only and should not be taken as constituting professional advice. You should always do your own research when making any financial decision. On to 
the episode. So question number one comes in from Shay. Shay asks, hey, mate, loving the Q&A episodes. A boomer said to me the other day that if you salary sacrifice 2 to 3%, you won't notice a difference in your take-home income. This is a load of crap, right? Any chance of covering why it's not worth salary sacrificing into super? Cheers, Shay. Thank you for the question, Shay. This one, you won't notice a difference in your take-home income. I, that's a bit of a... Um, it depends on like how much you consider a noticeable difference really is. Uh, the beauty of salary sacrificing into super or salary sacrificing in general is that you're using the pre-tax dollars. You're not using take-home money. You're using pre-tax dollars. And I'll give you an example of why this is uh, beneficial and why it can actually, like if you think about it, 2 to 3%. It sounds like 2 to 3%, but because you're using pre-tax dollars, it actually works out to be a bit less. And I know that sounds confusing, but let me give you an example that I've already written up and um, I'm just going to explain it and, uh, yeah, basically give um, emphasis on using those pre-tax dollars that will actually work out to save you a lot more money. So, let's say that you earn $80,000 a year and your take-home pay after taxes um, should be around about sixty-one, sixty-one grand, uh, three hundred eighty-three dollars. So that's like income tax, um, uh, Medicare levy, like stuff like that, right? We're not doing like hex debt and stuff that's maybe a bit more unique to some other people, but we're just doing the gen general stuff here. So eighty thousand dollars you earn, but as everyone knows, the ATO dips their pocket in, takes out some taxes, so you actually get after taxes. $61,383. Now, you might think 3% of $80,000, which works out to be 3% of that is $2,400, into super would mean a take-home pay cut of 3%, like I just talked about before. But it doesn't actually work like that because you're using pre-tax dollars. Here's how it actually works. Your taxable income at the start is $80,000. That is reduced by 3% which brings down your taxable income to $77,600. So 3% of 80 is 2,400. That minus that off the 80,000 is $77,600. Your tax that you, the tax that is then calculated, and that's the tax that you owe to the ATO, is using that taxable income of $77,600. And the tax man uses that and um, deducts the tax out of that income, not your eighty thousand. So, if you earn eighty thousand, your tax, your your sorry, your take home pay after taxes with the salary sacrifice already done, the three percent would be fifty nine thousand eight hundred and eleven dollars. So, I hope you're following. So the the first uh, example with no salary sacrifice, if you earn $80,000, you are taking home at the end of the year $61,383. If you salary sacrifice at 3%, you're taking home $59,811. So essentially, you've contributed $3,000 into your super, less you have to pay tax when it goes into your super at 15%, but just ignore that for now. So you're contributing $3,000 into your super and you essentially lost 
$1,572 of your post-tax income. No, that's a lot and it's probably easier to understand when you read it, but that's a pretty good deal to me. So you're essentially diverting $2,400 into your super and you're only losing um, $1,572 of your post-tax income minus a little bit as well for for tax that you've got to pay into super. But that's a pretty good deal if you ask me. And to your original question, um, is that a noticeable difference? Well, you tell me. Like it's it, That's relative. So, um, it, it depends as well how much you, you salary sacrifice and how much you earn and stuff like that. Like if you earn like 200000 you know, obviously 3% is going to be $6,000 and that's maybe a little bit more noticeable, but um, it's relative. But um, I think that's a pretty good deal. But um, to your uh, the last bit of your question or, or your second sort of sub-question about covering why it's not worth salary sacrificing into super, I think that it is definitely worth salary sacrificing into super if you're near the preservation age or you don't want to retire early. If you know you want to work all the way up to your preservation age, which is like uh, 60 or 65 for me, I think it's 65 for me, then hell yeah, I'd be salary sacrificing to the um, to the limit, the $25,000 um, cap. I'd be doing that every year. I'd be maxing that out every single year, no questions asked, because that is going to be the be- the most tax efficient vehicle for any Australian Australian investor. Your super, that is. So yeah, I'd definitely be doing it. But because um, I'm chasing financial independence at such a young age, and I plan not to be uh, working past thirty five, basically, um, that's not going to help me. Salary sacrificing is going to make me wealthier technically, like because I'm going to have more wealth um, attached to my name but I can't access that wealth until I hit my preservation age. So I've said it over and over again, but I don't salary sacrifice because it's not going to help me retire early. If I, if I'm When I'm near my preservation age, like when I get to that point, if I make it to that point, hopefully, touch wood, um, I'm dumping everything into super, like maxing out the cap every single year, no questions asked. But I'm not locking away that money for potentially the next 40 years um, when I need to build a portfolio outside of super to fund my retirement. Hope that answers your question. Uh, second question for today's episode is from Brad. Brad asks, Hey, Firebug, I've been reading a lot of your stuff lately and as a result have switched over from a manager fund and invested into A200 plus VGS. You speak about switching on DRP, that's the dividend reinvestment plan. I'm just wondering how do you actually do that? Is it automatically selected when you you buy through the broker or will these funds contact you and ask for your preference? Cheers. Keep up the good work, Brad. Uh, This one, I'm not sure if I've answered this one um, before. I feel like I have, but I'm not sure. Maybe I'll have to go back. I need to get that um, FAQ section up on my site ASAP. Um, that's for sure because I'm definitely getting a lot of um, questions submitted where I've already answered the question. But anyway, I'm just going to assume that this hasn't been answered. So the DRP, to my knowledge, I'm not 100% sure on this, but I'm pretty sure it's not enabled by default. So when you buy 
it might depend on the fund as well. When I bought Vanguard ETFs and even just recently um, Milton Listed Investment Company and the BetaShares A200, which you have noted that you've started to invest in, um, I think that's a good ETF. So kudos to you. Um, I don't think it's enabled by default. I think you actually have to switch it on. Could be wrong. Please let me know in the comments if I am. Um, so to switch it on, and this is a bit of a, I'm going to say mystery, but like a, a, few, a lot of people ask this question. You actually need to log into the registrar of your fund and make the changes there. So what the hell is a registrar? Basically, in a nutshell, it's a like database about who owns what shares in Australia. So there's not just one registrar. There's like uh, there's like six or so registrars, and depending on your fund, like one of the biggest ones uh, registrars is uh, computershares.com.au, and all my Vanguard stuff is listed with that registrar. So if I need to switch on um, DRP, if I need to change my mailing address, if I need to do anything online in regards to those funds, I go to to computershares.com.au. I, it has nothing to do with your broker. And a lot of people get that confused. They think if I if I start investing through Comsec, for example, which is a broker, what happens if I ever want to change to a superior broker such as Self Wealth? Um, you know, do I lose? Like, am I going to lose my investments? Or what happens if, if they stuff it up? Like, you know, all these questions. And I thought the same thing, but the broker actually has nothing to do with owning your shares unless they're not. Um, unless they're not chess sponsored. If they're chess sponsored, you own the shares, but the way some brokers are set up, that they act as a custodian to your shares. So just be careful of that. It's always a lot better to be chess sponsored because that, that way you can bounce around different brokers and change. It's a lot easier. Self-wealth, of course, is chess sponsored. Um, so yeah, so basically you don't, the broker has nothing to do. It, it, all the broker's doing is executing your trade on the ASX. And then once you execute the trade, that information that's held by the registrar. So the registrar knows who owns what and everything like that. It's like the database of the ownership of shares, right? So you need to change it at in there. Um, so for me, um, for my Vanguard stuff, it's in computer shares. For my Milton um, listed investment company, I think it's market link or something like that. I, I, I recently just um, uh, invested in them, so I can't remember what it was. L- link Market Services, I think. Yeah, linkmarketservices.com.au. There's a few out there, like just Google it, whoever you're invested with. Um, I actually have embedded a video as well because I got this question a fair bit and I actually recorded my screen going through the exact process to turn on DRP. So if you want to look at this... um. This video, it's in this post embedded, or you can just head over to my YouTube channel. Um, it's uh, youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Aussie Firebug, and you see all my videos there. I do a lot of screen recordings of me actually buying shares or like turning on the DRP settings and a whole bunch of common common questions that get asked for Aussie investors about how to do stuff um, when it comes to investing in the share market and stuff like that. So check out my channel, but that that video should cover everything you need to know because I'm literally doing it um, on the screen. So check that out and I hope that helps you. It definitely should. Um, And our last question for today, 
comes from Charles. Charles asks, Hi, what are your thoughts on choosing a super fund? Is it best to do the same as in ETFs and simply go with the one with the lowest fees or are there other factors to consider? I'm looking at switching to either Host Plus or Australian Super leaning towards the latter, Charles. Wow, a lot of super questions for today's episode, which is like I'm not the biggest expert on super just because of the way, because I explained before, because it's not going to help me retire early, I sort of focus on other things and other tax minimization strategies and like investing outside of super. So I really need to get, I'm trying to get a super expert on the podcast. I really am because I'm getting a lot of questions about self-managed super funds and everything. And I'm just, I'm not in that space enough to give a really great answer, which I know you guys guys deserve. So I'm trying to track down a super expert, but it's just proving a little bit more difficult than originally anticipated. Um, but back to your question, super is not really on my radar because I explained it's not going to help me retire early. Um, but there's no like best answer here. It's it's a question I get all the time. Like, wh- who do you invest in? What's the best super fund? Well, firstly, I invest in uh, Vision Super, and that was a fund set up by my job. So I, I work in local government, and I had a quick Google. Like, they're not, they're not, um, they're pretty low in the fees, the Vision Super, but they're not like the lowest or anything. And it's something I've been meaning to do, look around to like find a. I have been looking at the um, Host Plus because of the low management fees, but. There's other things to consider, like the the management fee for um, like ETFs and LICs, for example, is very easy to figure out because um, you just look at the listed um, MER, the management expense ratio, and that's it's just simple. It's like here is an ETF, the management fee is 14 basis points. That's it, right? And then if I have a performance fee or whatever on, it's easy to, to see that. But super is a lot more difficult and convoluted because there's more factors at play and it's going to affect the overall fee of the fund. And it's just, it's a lot harder to work out. Like I've, I've gone down this rabbit hole before once and there's comparison tables and it's just not clear cut as an ETF or a listed investment company is because there's things like, um, there's things that affect the fee um, of the super fund and how much they charge you, like what investment option you choose. Are you going to go the aggressive option, like the safe option, um, the risk profile, stuff like that? What insurance cover do you need and what insurance cover do you have? What insurance cover do you have outside of super? Do you have it inside of super? Stuff like that. Um, have you joined the super fund through your employer or indirectly? So I know that there's some kick-ass super funds, but you need to be employed by you know, a certain um, employer to get access to those super funds. And if you invest indirectly, like the fee is different. Um, do you need advice on your super? Is the advice for free um, in your super or does super fund A charge you for advice? Are you taking a pension from your fund? These are just some like some small ones that I, you know, just Googled that all affect um, the fee of the fund. And <clears throat> Because there's so many things at play here, it's super, super difficult to say this super fund is better than this super fund because it really comes down to um, circumstances. Like an ETF or a, a, or a listing investment company or a share for that matter, yes, there is to a certain degree like risk profiles and you know confidence levels and how you react and stuff like that. 
But really, if if there's an ETF that is tracking the Australian index and there's another ETF that's tracking the Australian index, I'm going with the one with the lowest management fees. Like there's there's not too much uh, um, differences between them. I'm usually picking the one with the lowest management fees. It's pretty black and white to me. But the super fund is is there's too many like factors at play here. Um, so for what what's right for person A might not be right for person B is what I'm ultimately getting at. It's very difficult um, to like to pick one because yeah, personal circumstances are always different. Um, the ones that you you did mention though, the host plus and the Australian super. Um, have very competitive fees and are, are constantly listed from what I've seen, the research that I've seen as one of the better super funds. Um, so I'm sorry if this wasn't super helpful for, for you and, um, you know, maybe not the answer you wanted. Uh, super's not my strong point. I just want to reiterate that. I just say do your own research and be confident in what you go with. And, um, I'm, I'm tr- trying to get a super expert on the podcast so I can ask these questions and more so on the self-managed super fund side of things because I, I want to dig deeper in there. Um, but that's my answer. Uh, hopefully, hey, if you've got a, a better answer or, you know, uh, if I missed something, which I'm sure I did, please um, put a comment in because um, I'd like to think that the uh, submitters for these questions read the comments because half the time the comments are better than um, the answers that I give. So um, please, please put a comment and um, correct me if I've said anything wrong. Uh, but that's it, guys, for today's episode. Have a great Friday and enjoy your weekend. Till next time. <laughs>